All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. I think y'all have all had a chance to find that scripture. I'm going to read it there. Watch ye. Paul says, Paul's writing here, and he says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Pretty simple commandment. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. I want to preach this morning about standing fast in the faith. Standing fast in the faith. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to pray to you this morning, Father, and just ask a special blessing on this service, Lord God, on this sermon. And Father, I just pray, Lord God, that it would be your words that are preached and not mine, Lord. Now, Father, I just pray you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you'll work out and manifest out, Lord God, and that you, it'll be your words, your quickening words, Lord God, that it'll make alive, it'll, it'll change men's lives, Lord God, to help us to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Father, we want to thank you, Lord, personally for the healing you've been giving us in this church, Lord God, and the people associated with this church. Father, we give you all the honor and glory for it. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that as we go through the rest of these services, Lord God, that uh, we'll just have our mind and our heart set on you, and you'll come in, Lord God, and, and speak to our heart the truth. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen. So I'm going to preach this morning on stand fast, stand fast in the faith. Now, that's kind of, sounds kind of like an oxymoron the way we use the English word now, fast, but that, that word fast uh, is associated with fastened. Like uh, fastened to be fixed, to be un unshaken, to be immovable. So he's saying to stand fast, fastened, like you're fastened, like a, a, a something's fastened to the ground. You're going to stand, you're going to stand fast, you're fastened up. Uh, you're not going to be moved, you're not going to be uh, unshaken. You're, I mean, you're not going to be shaken, you'll be unshaken. All this stuff speaks to what we need to be as Christians Amen. in the faith. In the faith. Amen. He says, uh, quit ye like men. Quit you like men. Now, that, that's another word that we use different nowadays. When we hear the word quit, we, uh, at least I do, I always associate it with a quitter or somebody's doing something that's not good. They're, they're quitting on something. But that word really does. It means, quit means, is defined as performing something to an end. So he says, he's saying, when he says quit ye like men, he says perform it to the end like a man. Amen. Be a man about things. Don't be a child. A child is blown about with every wind of doctrine. Is what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 says. Paul says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. We need to stand fast in the faith. We need to quit ye like men. We need to start acting like men. We need to finish it to the end like men. A child gives up when times get tough. A child gives up when times get tough. We need to finish it like a man. Guys, we need more Christians that act like John Wayne and less of them that act like Gomer Powell. Amen. You know, I've been, I've been uh, watching some of this stuff going on in the world, and I'll, they'll get on there. And there's some of, the, some of these, are, I mean, these are atheists that say this. And they're right off, they're right, they're exactly right. This atheist, uh, if anything, he's a witch or something. He said, I heard, him, I heard him quote, he said, what's wrong with this society is they don't want to grow up. The society we have today, they don't want to grow up. They want to stay in, as little children as long as they can. They don't ever want to grow up. And even the grown men, they, they want to go back to their childhood and act like they're children again. He said, we need, we need society to start growing up. He's right. He's exactly right. We got a bunch of people acting like kids, not growing up. And Paul says, you need to stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Just, just act like a man. Grow up. Finish it to the end. Hey, God never promised us a rose garden. Now, we got that at the end. 
We get the rose garden at the end, brothers and sisters. We get it in the end, but not right here in this earth. We got, that's why we should always be happy no matter what state of condition we're in. We should have that joy knowing that, hey, no matter where I'm at, what's going on, I know in the end it's a heavenly home. Amen. It's a heavenly home. Quit ye like men. Quit, uh, perform something to the end. Finish it like a man. Don't give up like a child gives up. And he says in the end there, he says, be strong. Be strong. It's a simple commandment, but it's the hardest one to follow. You're just going to have to be strong. You have to have strength. It's going to take strength to be a Christian. It's going to take strength to stand fast in faith. It's going to have to take strength. Because when every, all the winds of doctrine are blowing against you and you're trying to stand fast and you're trying to stand firm and you're standing fast and that wind is blowing you and sometimes those gusts get up really high, you're going to have to stand fast. And it's, you're going to have to be strong. Amen. When you see everybody falling out around you and getting weak and being blown about, you're going to have to stand fast. You have to stand firm. You have to be strong. It's an effort. It's an effort. Anything good in this life takes effort. Marriage, it's an effort. It's an effort to keep a marriage going, to keep a marriage happy. It's an effort to go to work and keep your job and make your boss happy. It's an effort to be a good Christian. Amen. These things take effort. It takes effort. It's not easy. The children and a child and a young teenager, they always try to take the easy way. The easy way. And we all know that the, 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 the hardest way is the right way. Amen. The hardest ways are the right way. And Paul's encouraging us to stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. I was reading this story. Uh, this brother, brother Mike was reminding me of this. I was reading the story of this uh, invalid boy. And this invalid boy, he couldn't, do, he couldn't move, he couldn't hardly even move, he's in a wheelchair, and he came to his pastor and he said, Pastor, what can I do for Jesus? I want to give an effort for Jesus. And the pastor said, the greatest effort you can give is to pray for your friends. Just pray for your friends. So this young invalid boy started praying for his family. First off, he started praying for his father to get saved. His father got saved. Then he started praying for his brother to get saved. His brother got saved. He kept on praying, he prayed hard, and uh, eventually he got a lot of the close friends around him saved. And then uh, as he got later in life, his dad, he got sick where he couldn't go to the church, and his dad went to church, his dad got home from church, and that invalid boy asked his dad, did, uh, did Coleman get saved, did Stuart Coleman get saved tonight? And his dad said, no son, but I saw him down at the aisle, and down at the, uh, down at the prayer altar, and I saw him crying, I think the Lord's working with him. And that little boy said, praise God. The next, night, from the next night after the revival, the dad came home. And as soon as the dad came in the door, the boy asked him, Daddy, Daddy, did Stuart Coleman get saved? And that dad said, praise the Lord, son. He did get saved. I saw him walk down the aisle. He got saved. He confessed Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And that boy said, praise the Lord. He said, now I can go home to be with the Lord. Amen. And a couple days later, that boy died. And as they, that boy, when that, they were going to that boy's room to clean up his, uh, uh, his papers and stuff, they found, a, uh, they found a paper laying over there by his desk, and it was a list of names of people he was praying, on, praying for to get saved. It was a long list of names that he was praying for for people to get saved. And every one of those names on that list were saved. Amen. And at the very bottom of that list was a boy's name named Stuart Coleman. Brothers, we can all put in more effort for the Lord. Even if it's just simply praying. 
praying for your pastor, praying for your, uh, praying for your loved ones, praying for people. You, we all know people who are lost, and we need to be praying for them. I was at a, a flea market yesterday just talking to a guy, and, and, and me and this guy had talked a couple of times, and I got to talking to him, and I was kind of a little took back when I found out he wasn't saved. And I said, you know what, I'll be praying for you. He's dealing with all kinds of health problems, and it's like the Lord spoke to me and said, he's dealing with all these health problems, and I'm trying to bring him to me. So I'm like, okay, I told him, I'm going to pray for you. And I know the Lord is going to work in your life. I know he can work. If you pr- I believe in prayer, I'll be praying for you. He goes, I appreciate that. We, it takes effort, though. It takes effort to do this thing. I was reading about this, uh, this Methodist preacher. He got on fire for the Lord. Like some of us, some of us, remember when we used to be on fire for the Lord, we couldn't wait to tell people about Jesus Christ. He got outside and he saw a guy walking down the road and he started, he said, I'm going to catch that guy and see if he knows Jesus. And he started, he started chasing after that guy and that guy's walking and that guy turns around and he sees this man running towards him and he starts, and the guy starts, and he gets a little scared and he says, I think that guy's a thief. He's after getting me something. And that guy starts running and that pastor, he's not going to give up and he keeps running faster. He, he finally catches hold of that guy and he says, are you ready to die? It was what the pastor asked the guy, and the guy falls on his knee and says, please, just take my money, anything, just don't kill me. <laughs> just don't kill me, just take my money, whatever you need. But no, no, son, are you, ready to, are you ready to die? If you die tonight, do you know Jesus Christ? And he talked to him about the Lord. Now, that's a, that takes a lot of effort to run, run after somebody. It takes a lot of effort. Let's look at another one of these, stand fast. And I want it this morning, starting in Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to go through about three of these stand fasts. Paul mentions this, stand fast, stand fast, stand fast. And I want to point these out, the, the times he's mentioned them in, in, in the Bible. He's mentioned, more, he's mentioned more than I'm going to talk about this morning, but I want to focus on some of them because I think they're really good and they can really help us to grow in Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. I think these can really help us grow in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can... Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. So the first one he told us was to stand fast in the faith. The faith of Jesus Christ. Just stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. Now he's, now he's going to, I'm going to show you where he's, he's going to kind of define this a little bit more. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Wonderful verse. He says, stand fast in liberty. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. So he says, he's pointing out to stand fast in liberty, not in legality. Stand fast in liberty, not legality. Very important as a Christian. Very important as a Christian. Some of us stand fast in legality and we're not standing fast in liberty. Liberty speaks of grace, mercy, freedom. Freedom. We have freedom in Jesus Christ. That's what liberty is. Liberty, and and, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Bible says. Legality. Legality says guilty, condemned, bondage. Bondage. Legality is trying to live a certain way in a certain, trying to make everybody live your certain way and to do things in a legal way and to be, uh, law is a condemning way. 
It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a convictions that might not even be associated with the Bible, and you stand fast in them, and you're never going to change because that's what you think men should live like. That's the way women should act like. That's the way Christians should be, and you're never going to change. And brothers and sisters, there's a, there's a lot of blessedness to be just in liberty in Jesus Christ. I, I find some brothers and sisters, and they're so legalistic. To, oh, I, don't, I don't celebrate Christmas, and uh, uh, if I see a Christmas tree, I'll burn it. And uh, You better be wearing a tie if you're preaching. And it's just so legalistic. And I, just, I, I don't say nothing to them, and I, I feel sorry for them. Because they don't have that liberty we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. And they're so ready to stand fast in legality. You've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to keep doing this, you've got to keep doing that. And they're so, they're so firm in that. They're, so, they're standing so strong in that. That's not what Paul told us to do. That's not what the Bible told us to do. The Bible says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Amen. If there's anything Christianity is about, it's freedom. Amen. Let the bells ring. It's freedom. It's free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free indeed. Man, I, I'm telling you, you're sitting on the other side of the fence if you're lost this morning. You see me and you say, well, I don't want to be bound up. I don't want to be in bondage. I don't want to, have, I don't want to, I want to be able to do what I want to do. And you think, you're thinking that you're free and you're the one that's in bondage. Amen. And I'm here to tell you that when I came over and received Jesus Christ and he lifted this bondage off of me, this weight was lifted off of me. When all this stuff was gone from me, man, I was free like a bird, man. I was just flying around. I was on cloud nine. And it came by the liberty I have in Jesus Christ, not the legality. Paul reminds them, he says in other parts of the scripture, he said, were you saved by doing something legal? By the law? Keeping the law? Is that how you got saved? Or were you saved by the spirit of freedom, by the spirit of liberty, by the grace of Jesus Christ? Then why are you trying to live in legality? Why are you trying to live under the law? Why are you trying to live in these do's and don'ts? Live in the grace of Jesus Christ. I could open up the Bible every Sunday morning and I could, I could just have a list here. Y'all don't be doing this this week. Y'all don't be doing that this week. Y'all don't be doing this this week. You know why I don't have to do that? Because each, each and every one of y'all have the Holy Spirit in you. And He tells you what to do and not to do. Amen. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not your God. He tells you what to do and not to do. Amen. And I praise the Lord for that. Because you know what I found out about Christian life? There's things that's a sin to me that's not a sin to you. There's times I can walk by, and if I don't hand a gospel tract to a certain person, that's a sin. Now, you could walk by that same person, and the Lord's not going to use you that way. Maybe He's going to use you for something else, but that's a sin to me. And you know what I know? There's things that you could do that would be a sin to you that's not a sin to me. Amen. We're all different in Jesus Christ. We have freedom, and I believe in freedom. And I praise the Lord for freedom. I praise the Lord for liberty. I don't want legality. Man, you can take legality and flush it down the toilet. I don't want it. And that's why I'm not very legalistic. I'm not judging you on how, what clothes you wear in this church or how you come into this church. Or, I, I'm not judging you. I want the, the Lord's your judge. The Holy Spirit will convict you. I'm just trying to make sure you're saved and I'm trying to help you grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I think that's my job. And to preach the word. And I hope that word is a lie. That word quickens. And it will help you grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Got a question for you. Think about this. Why it's so important to stand fast in liberty. And I want, I want to point this out to you. What if. And I know this is a big what if. 
But what if the prodigal son, when he got up, and y'all know the story of the prodigal son, he was out living righteously. He took his father's inheritance and he blew it. And he finally, the Bible says it came to his right mind. And what if the prodigal son, he rises up and he says, you know what, I'm going back to my father's house. He's got servants enough, I can be one of my father's. What if he went back to his father's house and his father was gone? What if his father had moved? You see the importance of standing fast? You know how many people, uh, and, and y'all been here at this church for, some of y'all been up to this church for 10, 12 years with me. Y'all know those people that they come in every three years to this church? Three or four years? They'll be off somewhere and then they just show up. They come in. You know what happens when they drive out here? They, they expect us to be standing fast in the faith. Keep the doors open. Somebody's paying, the, somebody's paying those lights right there. Somebody's paying for the air conditioning and the property taxes and the, and the fire insurance and pay, paying for this church to be painted. Somebody, somebody's here doing all that. Somebody's standing fast in the faith. Amen. You see the importance of that? Because if somebody doesn't stand fast in the faith, somebody's going to show up and this place will be shut down. When God... And he does this when God, like he called Jacob, to go back to Bethel. Jacob, I want you to go back to Bethel. When a man or a woman gets it in his heart by God to go back to church, to go back to Bethel, there's got to be a Bethel to go back to. There's got to be a church to go back to. I'm not saying we're not having troubles. I'm not saying you don't have financial problems. I'm not saying that this people in this church don't have the same problems as the people out in the world. Sometimes we have it worse. But there's one thing that's very important to us as Christians to keep this thing running. Amen. To stand fast in the faith. Amen. To make sure that this place is open and available when the prodigal son returns. Amen. So the father can say, come here, I want to hug you and I want to kiss you and I want to put my ring on you, and I want to kill the fatted calf. My son that was lost is now found. Amen. That's why we had this place open, for people to find the father. But what if the son, the prodigal son, who came back and the father was gone? See the importance of standing fast? Very, very important. Let me go a little step further. Do y'all remember the story of the prodigal son when he did come back, and the father was there? And what a blessed story. What a blessed story. But do y'all remember the elder brother? Mm. The older brother of the prodigal son did not like that. Did not like his brother. Did not actually confronted his dad about it and made a scene. You never done that for me before. So let me point out something to you. What if the prodigal son had returned and the father wasn't there, but the brother was? Do you think that prodigal son would have found liberty? Or would he have found legality? You know what he would have found. He would have found a brother who said, You stupid idiot, get out of here. We don't like you. You embarrass the family. Get run on. Daddy don't like you. Daddy don't love you. Run on. You embarrass the whole family. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done this. You should have done this. You should have done that. Legality, legality, legality. But praise God. That when the prodigal son took that long road back home, the father of liberty was there waiting on him. 
and show him grace, mercy, and love. And said, hey, come here, I love you. And what's so wonderful about that story is the father was waiting. Mm. The, the, the brother was probably out in the fields doing something. But the father was looking down that road, waiting for the son to come back. So important to stand fast in the faith, brothers and sisters. The devil has people to replace us. Every one of us that drops out, the devil says, I got somebody to take his place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got somebody. He's standing fast in liberty. I got this person over here that'll stand fast in legality. And the devil says, I'll just move him right on in. The older brother. We need to be sure to stand, no matter what's happening in our lives, to stand fast in the faith of liberty Amen. in Jesus Christ. Because if we're not standing, somebody else is standing over here in legality. We don't want that. God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. You might say, well, Brother Keegan, I'm not, I'm not really worth much anything. <laughs> I'm standing here in the faith. I'm trying to stand in liberty, but I'm not much, worth, much, worth much anything. Yeah, but compared to somebody else, you're pretty good. You're pretty good. Y'all been watching the Dallas Cowboys lately? We got these quarterbacks that have been playing against us. They're the, some of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But when they play the Dallas Cowboys, they look like pro bowlers. Amen. The point is, is you, you can look, it depends who you're against. You can look pretty good when you're against the right person. You might say, yeah, I, I'm a sorry Christian compared to Billy Graham. But when you look at that one, you're pretty good. Just stand fast. Don't give up. You say, well, I, I, I'm not doing a very good job. We'll do a better job, but don't move. Because as soon as you move, the devil's going to have somebody to bring it in. Amen. That old elder brother come in with all that legality. We don't want legality. We want liberty in Jesus Christ. We Amen. want the mercy, the grace, and more importantly, we want to be free. Free, because when the Son will set you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. 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 Let's look at another one in Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We need to stand fast. We need to stand fast in liberty and not legality. We need to stand fast in faith. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse uh, 15, Paul's going to give us another one. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 15. He says here in verse 15, Therefore, brethren, stand fast... And hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. We need to stand fast in the biblical traditions. Now, let me point out and make sure you understand, I don't mean the traditions of men. There's a difference. Big, big, big difference. Because Paul says there, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. The words of God, the Bible, the biblical traditions. We need to hold the biblical traditions, stand fast in the biblical traditions. Modern Christianity, it's very sad to see, but modern Christianity keeps moving further and further away from the biblical traditions that we know out of our Bible. It amazes me and actually saddens me to hear Christians when you say, well, you know, the Bible says this about this, or the Bible says this about that, and you'll have a Christian say, I really don't care what the Bible says. I, I'm going to do what I want to do because I think it's right. 
I love this or I love that. We need to hold, stand fast, and hold the traditions. Nobody else is. Who else is going to do it? I think about that and I'm like, if we drop off, who's going to pick, if we drop the banner of biblical traditions, if we drop it, who's going to pick it up? It's scary to think about that. The, the, some of the most blessed moments I have in this church is when we have young people come in that are uh, missionaries or that are singing or whatever, and that's a blessing to me. There's somebody, because it tells me there's somebody behind me holding their traditions. Amen. There's somebody behind me younger than me that's holding their traditions. All y'all people in front of me that are older than me, thank God for you, but what about the people behind us? Who's going to hold it when we fall down? We're not always going to be here. Don't you know there was a pastor back in the 50s that said, who's going to take over for me when I leave Indian Gap Baptist Church? And when I first came here, I first came here, this church was in shambles. And the uh, brother uh, George and Carolyn had brought me in. God bless them. They, they helped bring me in. Brother Tut, they brought me in. We started painting the church and started doing something. We started reviving this thing. But somewhere along the way, somebody stopped standing fast in the biblical tradition. They stopped standing fast. And this place was a mess. Not only physically, but spiritually. But we had some brothers and sisters that said, you know what? I want to do something for the Lord. I'm going to put some effort in the Lord. I'm not going to quit like a child. I'm going to be like a man. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to put my money into this. I'm going to put my blood into this. I'm going to put my sweat into this. And I want to try to see if we can make this work. And here we are 14 years later. And I think it's working. And it's not us, it's the Lord. Amen. We're giving all the credit to the Lord. Please don't think that we're take, anybody's taking any credit for it. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll just stand fast, He'll use you, He'll work through you. Especially when you stand fast and you've got a Bible in your right hand. Yes. The right Bible. A King James Bible. When you stand with the Word of God in your right hand, you're not going to be moved by the devil. Amen. You're going to be moved if you move. Stand fast in the biblical traditions. As modern Christianity, they keep moving away and further away from God. I got something I want to tell modern Christians. It's going to shock some of them. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to hurt some of their feelings here. When you get to heaven, modern Christian, God's not going to have a nose ring and is not going to have a nose ring in, and he's not going to have a tattoo of a cross on his forearm. That's not going to be what God looks like. Modern Christian is modern Christianity fell so far away that if you was to transport uh, people from the 40s or 50s or the 60s into the modern day, they'd look at all these. They go into a Christian church and think it was a bar. Amen. Amen. They you'd go into these modern church, some of these modern churches, and they'd think they'd went into a bar or a honky tonk. Yeah. And they got God looking like a hippie. Amen. They got God tattooed up and got gauge earrings on and think that's not God. My God, see what you got to understand about God, because you don't know God obviously from the Bible, you haven't been reading your Bible. The first thing God is above all things else, God is very holy. Holy. How do you know that, Brother Keegan? Because when he told his men to worship him down in Leviticus, he told them, he said, I want you to put on the plate right here, holiness to the Lord. When Isaiah saw, when he saw the train of God and all his seraphim, they were saying, holy, holy, holy. When John got up into, the, into Revelation, in the book of Revelation, he got up around the throne of God and he saw God, he saw the seraphims and the cherubims and they were singing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. 
He's a holy God. He's clean. He's pure. He's holiness. And you're not. And the only way you're going to get to him is through this book. This book is the only holy thing on this earth right now. It is the only holy thing. I'm not holy. The only holiness in me is Jesus Christ in me working out of me. This is the only holy thing you can hold in this earth right here, this book right here. God is very, very holy. And the churches nowadays are very, very unclean. The music's unclean. The preaching's unclean. The dress is unclean. Their mouth is unclean. There are lips that are unclean lips of unclean people. They're just like Isaiah said. We're all unclean. Amen. Somebody stopped standing, somebody has stopped standing fast in the biblical traditions and holding on to them. Now we need to check ourselves and make sure we haven't done that. And I'm not talking about being legalistic. I just said, I don't believe in being legalistic. I believe in the Bible. I believe in allowing the Bible to tell me how to live. But I also can say, according to this Bible, God's got some judgment coming. God's got some judgment coming. And I think there's going to be some some surprise Christians when they get up there and God's not offering them a beer when they get up there. Had a Christian tell me, God tell me, yeah, my dad's up in heaven drinking beer right now. And I thought, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, 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 I bet he is. He might be drinking beer, but he's not up in heaven. And he's not down in hell. He's not drinking beer. Listen, God's, God's main purpose in, in, in your life is not for you to be happy and to have a beer and to be entertained. God doesn't look down from heaven and say, are you entertained? God looks down in heaven and says, have you worshipped me? I'm a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. Have you worshipped me? Do you love me? Well, how do I know you love me? Let me show you. I'm going to put myself into man, walk on this earth, and be crucified by men on the cross of Calvary and show you how much I love you and die for your sins. It's not that you love me, it's that I loved you first. See, that's a God they don't know. They don't understand. They think God's there like an ATM, a bank account. That he's there just to give. You know, just push the buttons and I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. The last thing I want to show you is stand fast in something that's very important. Look at Philippians chapter 1, last one. <clears throat> Turn back to the left, Philippians chapter 1. Last one to stand fast in. <clears throat> I'm thankful my God's holy. Because I don't know what holiness is. I sure don't know what holiness is. I've never seen holiness in my entire life outside this Bible. And to know that my God's holy is very amazing. I want to know what purity is. I want to know what holiness is. And that's only found in God through Jesus Christ. Look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 27. Only... Paul says here, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. We need to stand fast in proclaiming the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It says there to stand fast in one spirit and one mind. 
We can sit here and we can argue about different doctrines of the Bible. We can argue about different things, about what, what, color, something, what color something should be painted, what color the carpet should be. We can, guys, we could argue all day long about different things, but there should be one thing we should have one spirit about and one mind about. It's getting the gospel message out to a lost and dying world. And we should stand fast on that. You come in here and you say, well, I didn't like the preaching. I didn't like the way we did the song service. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. But he did give an invitation to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. That's what I'm here for. I want to see people get saved. Amen. I want to see people have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ or reject Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to see the opportunity. I want to see people get saved. I want to see people have the opportunity. I want to hear the gospel preached. And I want to know, and I publicly have said this many times from this pulpit, you might not get the best sermon from me, you might, not get, you might not get entertained, you might not have your ears tickled, but if you'll get your lost friends and relatives in this church, I promise you that they will get the gospel. Amen. That was a conviction of mine. I read this years ago. Years and years ago, I read this book and as a pastor. And the pastor said that he, he got saved at a young age. And he told the pastor, he said, I'm worried about my dad. He won't come to church. I'm worried about my dad. I want my dad to come to church and get saved. And the pastor said, well, keep on inviting him. Keep on inviting him. So finally one day, that young boy, his dad got up and his dad said, you know what, son? I think I will go to church. And that boy got so excited and he ran down the road because I didn't have a telephone. He ran down the road. He borrowed his neighbor's phone and he called the pastor at the, at the church. He said, pastor... My dad's finally coming to church. I'm so excited. My dad's finally coming to church. And he's lost. And that pastor said, praise the Lord, son. We'll see you there tonight. That night, the dad came. The pastor was there. The son was there. And the son, he, the son said he was so excited. He said, you, you, I was like a light bulb going. I was just shining. And I sat in my, for the first time, and he said the only time, his dad sat in, sat in the church with him. He said, I was the proudest son. And I, I kept looking at my dad. I was so proud of my dad. And the pastor got up there and said, tonight we're going to have some singing. And he said that pastor did singing the whole service. They never gave an invitation. And he called the service right there. And he said, he said the saddest moment in this young man's life was to look over and see his dad just asleep on the pew as everybody else was singing. That's never going to happen in here, God forbid. Amen. God forbid. Like I said, you might not get good singing, you might not get good preaching, you might not like the way we do things in here, but for sure, if you'll get in here and you're lost, you will hear the gospel message of Jesus Amen. Christ. You will have an opportunity to receive or reject Jesus Christ. That's Pastor Howell. I believe that's Pastor Howell. He came, became a huge influence of the church. But that's why he was trying to stress through that story I told you is that any opportunity you give a chance to preach, you better preach Jesus Christ. Stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together. It's a work. It's an effort. Be strong. Quit ye like men. Together. Striving together for the faith of the gospel. Amen. If you're in here for any other reason, I hope you're in here this morning because you know if I come in here, we're trying to get the gospel message out to a lost and dying world. You see all the missionaries through the radio ministry, through the newspaper ministry, through this pulpit, through this church, through our loved ones, guys. We send out Christmas cards with gospel tracts. We try to do everything we can to get the gospel out because that's what we're striving for. Amen. Do we see a lot of results? No. I don't see a lot of results. 
But my job is just to plant the seed. I can't quicken it. I can't make it alive. Now, I, could, I mean, Lord could use me better if I would be used better. And I need to pray about that. I need to get on my knees and need to pray harder about that. We all need to be praying harder about that. Amen. I want to see lives saved, but I know that I'll get every blue moon, and I read it to you, every blue moon, I'll be checking the emails on the church website, and all of a sudden, pop, one will pop up. I'll say, who is that? And they'll say, I was listening on so-and-so, doing, and you, you can't believe how much you changed my life. The word of God has changed my life. This, no. And it's like God's just dangling a carrot in front of me. Just keep on going, donkey. Just keep on going, donkey. <laughs> we cast the breads on the water. And where they go, we won't know. But when we get to heaven. Because I know when I get to heaven, I want the Lord to look at me and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I gave you just a little bit. And I wanted you to stand fast. To stand fast in liberty, stand fast in the faith, stand fast in preaching the gospel, just stand fast. When you see everybody else being moved, you see everybody else starting to change and do things different and not hold the biblical traditions, you just stood fast. Amen. So brothers and sisters, I know we have a lot going on in this church with illnesses. We have a lot going on with family, with financial and everything else. I'm telling you, yeah, we all have that. We would have that if we didn't have the church. I'm not standing fast in prosperity. Because all the riches that you could ever find are found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not, fa- I'm not standing fast in healing. Because all the healing, the ultimate healing, the eternal life healing you'll find is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm standing fast in the gospel of Jesus Christ because my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ not only will give you all the riches you want, give you all the healing you want eternally and ultimately, but he'll also give you a place up in heaven. He'll give you joy beyond all belief. You can't find anywhere else. And he's worthy of everything we work and strive for. It's an effort. It's a striving be strong. Quit. Why are we doing all this? Because Jesus Christ is worthy of everything, every dollar we give, every blood we shed, every sweat we shed, everything we do, Jesus Christ is worthy of it. Amen. And if he's not worthy enough to you, then you're not right with God. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Father, for your grace and mercy. And Lord, as we give this invitation, Lord, there's somebody in these the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, we're going to uh, ask you, Lord, that you'll, through your Holy Spirit, go down and speak to their heart. And Lord, we know you've been working on them if they haven't. And Lord, we thank you, Father God, for your testimony that believers, Father, that they did receive you. They do have that joy. They do have that happiness, Lord God. And they do have that heavenly home. Lord, help us to stand fast. Lord, this world is so wicked, Lord, we just get caught up in the winds of doctrine, Lord. We get caught up in the waves of destruction and illness and sickness, Lord. We get caught up in so many things happening in life, Lord, we forget to just stand fast in you. And Lord, we thank you that you're a rock. And we can stand on you as a rock. And we can find that cleft, Lord God, we can be sheltered from the storms. Lord, there's some of us in here that need your healing wings, Lord God, just to cover us and take care of us. And heal us up emotionally. Heal us up physically, Lord God. Just heal us up spiritually. Father, we don't want to be dry. 
We want your Holy Spirit like a river to run through, Lord God. Run through our lives. Run through this church. Run through everything we do, Lord, through the week. Lord, we don't want to be like most Christians, Lord God, where you only see us on Sunday and you never hear from us again. Lord, we want to carry you out of this church, Lord God. We want to carry you in our heart. And we want to show other people in the world at the grocery store and at our workplace that we love you and that we think you're the best thing going, Lord God. And we want to tell everybody else about you. Lord, we want to be like that Methodist preacher, Lord God. We want to chase people down for you. Lord, we want to be your dog. We want to be your servant. And Father, I just thank you, Father, for allowing us to be so simply minded, Lord God, and just to serve you with a simple faith. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world, but... Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.